Gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome to season two of Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Precious D. And I am your other host, Honey Bee. Welcome back, every guys. Every guys. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> season two. We are calling it season two because we have officially ended the Showa era and are entering the Heisei era with the return of Godzilla from 1984 and also the American version, Godzilla 1985. It is so crazy because this really does feel like, I mean, we are in a new era. It really feels like we're starting over. It really feels like just completely... This Godzilla movie, it feels like the beginning all over again. I'm yeah. so freaking excited to talk about this movie. Both and versions, both versions. This is, and this, what they did is a thing that is being done all the time now. As far as I know, this is the first time that a company has done this, which what is do, do uh, like a reboot, not a remake, but kind oh, of okay. a reboot. Where this is a sequel to the original Godzilla film, which ignores mm-hmm. all the previous sequels. Right. Which has been done with Halloween, mm-hmm. I think, more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I can't think immediately. I know there's other things that have done this. Or maybe I'm just thinking sure. of the multiple times they've done it in Halloween. No, I think I think there are other things that have done it definitely, but I, I you know, normally I don't like it or it kind of bugs me, but this time it kind of didn't. I don't know <laughs> why, but I kind of loved it this time in this particular well, circumstance. Toho will do this again with Godzilla. Oh, really? In a few years. Yes. So, we'll have several movies in the Heisei era. And then we will start over in the millennium era, which, and then they will do it continually throughout the millennium era. Well, damn it. So starting with Godzilla 2000, they make several movies that ignore all the previous sequels. (laughs) They're all sequels to the original. So the one right after Godzilla 2000 ignores Godzilla 2000. Uh, It, so they uh, just, they, that is kind of they just keep starting over. but we'll get to those when we get to them yeah for now let's get right jump right into this one it's so good yeah so it's um almost it's nine years almost 10 years since there's been a godzilla movie of course we've been tearing mm-hmm. through these movies pretty quickly so it's only been a few weeks for us <laughs> it came out in 84 in Japan, and then they ended up doing the same thing that they had done. Toho tried to get somebody to just distribute the film, get, pay them some money to distribute the film in the U.S., and nobody seemed that interested. So 
New Line Cinema, which was like a nothing company at the time, ends up doing it. And they decide to do what was done the first time around. And that is not just translate it, but shoot a bunch of America to localize it, shoot a bunch of American shit and get Raymond Burr back in the saddle. Get Raymond Burr back. Apparently at some point they thought about getting Lauren Green and someone said, no, let's get the director, I guess, said, no, let's get Raymond Burr because he was in the original. Good old Steve. Raymond Burr was very enthusiastic, but then proceeded to make a bunch of weird demands like you got to shoot all my stuff. I'm only doing eight hours. I'm only putting in eight hours. You got to do all my shit in one day. I guess that's because how he did. That's how he did it the first time. I don't think it was his decision the first time, but. It was his decision this time. I think they wanted to, they were having trouble taking it seriously and we're going to try to yuck it up. And Raymond Burr wasn't having it. He's like, nope, uh, this is a metaphor for nuclear uh, destruction, nuclear weapons. This is serious yeah. shit and I'm going to play it serious. So they wow. gave that one asshole all the funny lines. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess that 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 really explains like the whole like eight hour demand thing, because like I I respect that for sure, like him taking the the movie seriously and the nuclear warship seriously, but like he doesn't do anything in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, there, there's I'm no like, need why for him. It's just like he doesn't do anything. <laughs> the military's like, we need a Godzilla expert. Somebody get that guy who was in that other movie. <laughs> And then they bring him in and he just stands around going, that's not going to work. He doesn't give any useful <laughs> advice of what will work. And yeah, this like movie this kind of, guy. this like one, although it ignores the, yeah, it ignores all the sequels, but it also kind of ignores the end of the first movie because he's like, they never found the corpse. Well, they showed it to us <laughs> <laughs> and nobody says, well, we used this oxygen destroyer to kill him the first time, but the secret to that was lost mm-hmm. because they don't want to acknowledge that he was actually destroyed the first time. They act like he was just run off. And then right. we just, for whatever reason, haven't seen him <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. For whatever reason, he's just like all of a sudden hungry. And he hasn't yeah. previously. Oh, I think a volcano goes off or something and this wakes him up. We'll get to all oh, that. Oh, it's, it's tech. Tectonic plate. Yes. Tectonic yeah. Plate so let's do a, a few uh, stats and things here, though, before we get too further into it. Yeah. It was directed by Koji Hashimoto, screen pra- screenplay by <laughs> Suchi Nagahara. Now, the American version was directed by R.J. Kaiser and Koji Hashimoto. And has a couple of other authors, Lisa Tomei and uncredited Tony Randall and Straw Weissman was working on that screenplay. Story by Tomoyuki Tanaka. Uh, He is the original producer, I believe. Yeah, he's the only one of that original trilogy of director, producer, and special effects guy that's still still involved in these films at this point. Wow. Uh, it was the Japanese version is 103 minutes. The American version is 87 minutes. The budget was 6.25 million. The box office, 14 million. 
That's for the Japanese version. The budget for the American version was between two and three million. So they, that's just, you know, the extra for filming the other stuff and making the prints and advertising and stuff. Right. And the U.S. box office was only $4.12 million. Oh. <laughs> so not nearly as successful here. But they ended up, you know, with home video and TV yeah. licensing and stuff. They, they It was profitable for New Line in the end. Dr. Pepper uh-huh. ran a... Uh, $10 million ad campaign for this movie. Whoa. I mean, it was a doc, it was a Dr. Pepper ad campaign that tied into the movie. I don't know if you noticed that there's some product placement. There's a, in the American version, the Pentagon has a prominently displayed Dr. Pepper vending machine. <laughs> it's just sitting there in the hallway, clearly visible in a couple of scenes right behind where people are talking. And I think I sent you links on YouTube. You can see these Dr. Pepper Godzilla commercials they did on YouTube where Godzilla is courting a lady Godzilla with giant Dr. Peppers that he rips off of, you know, billboards. While some very 1950s looking Americans are watching and commenting. There you go. The kill count is 38, which is not that many. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Like that's not yeah. many at all considering it's I guess that's just the ones we specifically a, see. There I mean a lot of buildings get knocked over and stuff, but I think most people are evacuated. Mm-hmm. And well, the people he, who actually do evacuate cuz there's a lot of people who just like don't give a fuck about evacuation. <laughs> in this movie. And uh, his size has gone up from uh, 50 meters 160 feet to 80 meters or 268 feet. Which we've talked about before is because of the buildings, right? Yep, exactly. Yes, the the new the Tokyo so skyline good. at this point was much taller. So what that actually means, though, is that the models are smaller, which I guess actually mm-hmm. increased the cost. Costs more to make smaller, more detailed models. I don't know. The budget seemed to have to go up because the models are small. Because you can't increase the size of the guy in the suit. Right. <laughs> you have to make the model smaller. But it's so they can show an accurate Tokyo skyline and Godzilla won't look teeny. And yeah, he'll continue to get... get this is for sure the best tiny toy town that we've <laughs> seen. Like, it looks so good. It really does. Oh, man. I, I loved it. The buildings look good. The cars look good. Like, he looks good. They really did a great job in this movie with the size. Like like you said, like the buildings yeah. and like the size of the buildings compared to the size of him. It really, really looks so good. I love, I they, loved it. Best tiny toy They also, uh, inspired by the relatively recent King Kong remake, they decided to make a 16-foot tall robot sort of head of Godzilla for the close-ups. They called it mm-hmm. a cybot. So his face and his mouth move a lot more and, and more Yes, the snarl. Yeah. He has a snarl. And, and they built a life-size crane-operated foot to stomp on things. Smash! <laughs> and I also want to mention that... Uh, for the American release, for a lot of the TV showings and for home video, it was paired with uh, Bambi Meets Godzilla, 
by Marv Aww. Newland. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. Okay. It's on YouTube. Uh, everybody go watch it right now. It's very short. It's a minute. <laughs> it's a minute and a half long. We'll d- nice. tell you what, we- we'll do a Patreon on that. And there's a, we have a Patreon, ladies and gentlemen, patreon.com slash MMFTG. And there's another thing called the pest that I kept mentioning that we need to talk about. So we'll do those. They're, they're both very short. So we'll do a Patreon episode about those two things. It's also an anime. Kaiju. Uh, Let's see. Let's talk about the cast a little bit. We have Ken Tanaka as Goro Maki, Kenji Kobayashi as prime minister, Seki Mitamura, Yasuko, Sawaguchi as Nako Akamura, Yoshi Natsuki as Professor Makoto Hayashida, Shin Takuma as Hiroshi Akamura, Itaro Ozawa as Minister of Finance, Taizo Kazaki, Hiroshi Kozumi as Professor Minami, Mizuho Suzuki as Minister of Foreign Affairs, Sichi Amuri. Takatoshi Naito as Chief Cabinet Secretary, Hirota Takagami. Junkichi Oromoto as Japanese Self-Defense Force Chief of Staff, Mori. Kaisato as Chief Editor, Godo. Nobuo... Kaneko as Minister of Home Affairs, Isomura. Takanori Endo as Desk Editor, Kitagawa. Yoshifumi Tajima as Minister of the Environment, Hadaka. And Ken Pachiro Satsuma as Godzilla. He was previously Hedora and Gigan in uh, some of the previous movies, and he will play Godzilla throughout this era of films. And Tetsuya Takeda as Homeless Man. And then, uh, of course, in the American version, we have Raymond Burr. And let me get the rest of that list. Warren J. Kemmerling as General Goodhoe. James Hess as Colonel Russian Travis Swords, Travis Swords as Major McDonough, Crawford Binion as Lieutenant Oswald, and Justin Goki as Kyle Martin. That would be Steve's grandson, I think. And I don't see any of the Russian guys listed here. <laughs> There's a whole submarine Which full of Russian guys. Hilarious because the American version. And makes Russians look way worse. Uh, yes, yes. So I think we both watched. There's sort of three versions of this film. Mm-hmm. I think we both watched the international dub of the Japanese version. There's the Japanese language original version, right? Mm-hmm. Then there is an international English dub of the Japanese version. So mm-hmm. that's just dubbed instead of subtitled. But then there's the Americanized version, which obviously is also English in English. <laughs> but I think they released this uh, international dub like in Europe and England and places like that. 
but that wasn't good enough for us. We had to put Raymond Burr in and re- <laughs> rearrange a bunch of shit. Add a bunch America of shit. Look good. Yes. America. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie is very much a Cold War. America and Russia are both being a problem, and Japan's caught in the middle. And the American version tries to downplay the American problem. Tries to make America look mm-hmm. better. Uh, it was still uh, good, though. The, the American version yeah. is still good, and it's still worth the watch because they are they're different, and then like they're enough different to I feel like want to watch both of them. You know what I mean? Like separately. And we won't go through all the changes, but there was a lot of rearranging of scenes and editing of scenes a lot of trimming yeah and of course inserting pentagon stuff but there's one when we get to it there is one specific change that pissed me off oh oh i cannot wait to get to it so uh let's get into the summary of the film from wikipedia thank you Wikipedia. wikipedia the japanese fishing vessel yahata maru is caught in strong currents off the shores of Daikoku Island. As the boat drifts into shore, the island begins to erupt, and a giant monster lifts itself out of the volcano. A few days later, reporter Goromaki is sailing in the area and finds the vessel intact but deserted. As he explores the vessel, he finds all the crew dead except for Hiroshi Akamura, who has been badly wounded. Suddenly... A giant Shakurus sea louse attacks him, but he is it's saved by Akamura. I was like, is this a giant silverfish? <laughs> sea lice are copepods of the family Calidae within the order of Siphonostomatodia. They're <laughs> marine ectoparasites that feed Ooh. on the mucus epidermal tissue, and blood of host fish. Oh, delicious. These are giant ones that fell off of Godzilla and are big and enough they like that they can kill humans. Ugh. Uh, I, I was just hovering over the quick thing. I didn't look at pictures. Um, yeah, I guess the ones in the movie looked like... I mean, these look more like trilobites to me than silverfish, but... Oh, okay, okay. The actual pictures are the real things. Yeah. Anyway, um... This this ends up not having anything to do with anything. They just like the idea that giant monster might have giant parasites, but they don't. Yeah. They don't get mentioned again. But we will see this same idea years later in Cloverfield. Oh. In Tokyo, Akamura realizes by looking at pictures that the monster he saw was a new Godzilla. Uh, they just say Godzilla. They never say new. Yeah, we, we Maki also writes an article Godzilla within like the first 12 minutes of the movie, which I really love. Like, I love that we didn't spend like so much time trying to figure out what's the monster because up in the <laughs> first 12 minutes, there's little things like or or sound effects, different things where we know it's Godzilla. But a lot of times in these movies, you know, they have to figure it out and it can take a while, like a half hour or 45 yeah. minutes. I was really grateful, like, as soon as, oh, yeah, cool, it's Godzilla. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're still in the first, like, 12 minutes of the movie. So we're on a good track for lots of monster shit in this movie. Sometimes we have a 
not enough monster shit to people shit ratio, but <laughs> we're, start, we're starting out strong here. We're starting out strong here. And it does make sense that in a world where Godzilla exists, even if he'd mm-hmm. only been seen once before, yeah, when something like this happens, uh, oh, a ship was mysteriously destroyed. Uh, maybe it was that monster that mysteriously destroyed ships years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Maki writes an article about the account, but the news of Godzilla's return is kept secret and his article is withheld. Maki visits Ooh, Professor Hayashida. Government. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always hate that. Oh, there'll be a panic. We can't tell anybody. I hate that. It's bullshit. Yes. He visits Professor Hayashida, whose parents were lost in the 1954 Godzilla attack. Hayashida describes Godzilla as a living, invincible nuclear weapon able to cause mass destruction. At Hayashida's laboratory, Maki <laughs> meets Okamura's sister, Nako, who and informs her that her brother is alive. And at the police hospital. The police hospital? (laughs) And then here's the thing they changed. He goes with her. She just, you know, storms over there. Let me, let me see him. Let me see him. And then he follows with the photographer. And as they're reuniting, Mm -hmm. the photographer takes some pictures and she glares at him like, you just told me so that you could get a scoop. Get a story. And they, uh, they cut that part out of the American version. They just show them uniting, but they didn't show them taking pictures. So. A Soviet submarine is destroyed in the Pacific. Now, in the international dub, they have dubbed the Soviets as well. But in the Japanese language version and the American version, they're speaking Russian. and mm-hmm. There's subtitles, which I preferred. The Soviets believe the attack was perpetrated by the Americans and a diplomatic crisis ensues, which threatens to escalate into nuclear war. The Japanese intervene and reveal that Godzilla was behind the attacks. So there's like, oh shit, we wanted to keep this secret, but the, American, the Americans and Russians are about to go to war. I guess we better tell them what really happened. Uh, the Japanese cabinet meet to discuss Japan's defense. A new weapon is revealed, the Super X, a specially armored flying fortress that will defend the capital. The Japanese military is put on alert. Godzilla attacks the Imaha nuclear power plant in Suzuka Prefecture. While feeding off the reactor, it is distracted by a flock of birds and leaves the facility. (laughs) Oh, flock of birds. (laughs) You're like, oh, birds. Oh, yeah. Hayashida believes that Godzilla was distracted instinctively by a homing signal from the birds. Hayashida, together with geologist Minami, propose to the Japanese cabinet that Godzilla could be lured back to Mount Mahara on Oshima Island, which I guess is the volcano he came out of, by a similar signal, and a volcanic eruption could be started capturing Godzilla. Prime Minister Mitamura meets with Soviet and American envoys and declares that nuclear weapons will not be used on Godzilla, even if Godzilla were to attack the Japanese mainland. So this comes up frequently in the old movies and continues to come up in this. Why don't we nuke it? And the Japanese are like, nope. We don't fucking do that. Yeah. We do not fucking do that. Didn't you learn your lesson, people? (laughs) Didn't you learn? 
I do like this conversation that they have though in a part like where they have the conversation about ego and it's like he's like isn't it it's not our ego to not want to fucking nu- not nuclear blast everyone isn't it your <laughs> ego that's like you know wants to nuclear blast everyone it's also just not going to work on Godzilla it's just going to make him stronger it's just a yeah and it's going to have a thing I think they said a three foot uh, three square miles and with, everything would be obliterated within three squ- yeah. square miles Yes. And they're like, well, isn't wouldn't, wouldn't there be less casualties in three square miles than if Godzilla just comes in and rages out and destroys everything? And it's like, damn. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough calculation, but you know, good luck being the politician that makes that decision. You're not getting yeah. reelected. <laughs> My mean, opponent dropped a nuclear <laughs> bomb on Tokyo. Uh, Meanwhile, the Soviets have their own plans to counter the threat posed by Godzilla, and a Soviet control ship disguised as a freighter in Tokyo Harbor prepares to launch a nuclear missile from one of their orbiting satellites should Godzilla attack. Godzilla is sighted at dawn in Tokyo Bay, heading towards Tokyo, causing mass evacuations. The JASDF attacks Godzilla but fails to stop his advance on the city. Godzilla soon emerges and makes short work of the JSDF station there. The battle causes damage to the Soviet ship and starts a missile launch countdown. And here's the part they changed that pissed me off. The captain dies as he attempts to stop the missile from launchings. In the Japanese version, the Russian captain has been told, no, no, never mind, don't launch the missile. So when he sees that it's somehow, you know, because all the chaos, it's been armed and it's going to go off. He tries to stop it, and he yeah. sacrifices his life trying to turn off the launch sequence. He fails. He's been irradiated or something, but he tries to stop it. In the American version, he sacrifices his life to push the button. They have him launching it on purpose. It's not already going to go off, but he goes into the room where it's full of radiation to push the button. Out of spite or some shit. Yeah, well, they just want to make the Russians look like the nuclear, like the nuclear uh, crazies, you know, like yes, maniacs. Yes, yeah. Whereas the we're the only ones that have actually ever used one of those things. Uh-huh. But the Russians are the bad guy. Uh, so, I, yeah, I didn't like, I did not like that change. Godzilla proceeds towards Shinjuku, wreaking havoc Along the way, Godzilla is confronted by four laser-armed trucks and the Super X. Because Godzilla's heart is similar to a nuclear reactor, the cadmium shells that are fired into its mouth by the Super X seal and slow down its heart, knocking Godzilla unconscious. Yeah, they mentioned they're going to use these cadmium shells because I guess they're, they're used... In nuclear power plants for shielding or something? It wasn't exactly clear. I don't know the science behind that. <laughs> but it was sleepy. It made him sleepy. Yeah, it sure <laughs> did. The countdown ends and the Soviet missile is launched, but it is destroyed by an American countermissile. Hayashida and Akamura are extracted from Tokyo via helicopter and taken to Mount Mihara. Oh, God, this was that's the whole weird helicopter scene where when, oh, where Akimura's like swaying like a chandelier from the helicopter for the drama. Yeah, yeah. They're in the 
they've gone in the building. I can't it, to get some. They needed something, I think, to make the homing thing work. I don't know. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. When they're in every, the window. Yeah, like the reporter and the sister and the two scientists are all in a building near where Godzilla is attacking, and this helicopter comes to extract them, but only two of them are able to get out. Mm-hmm. Because there's too much weather, there's too much wind going on. So there's a yeah, very tense scene with people dangling from ropes on the helicopter. And then I didn't catch this in the Japanese one, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. In the American one, they're like, we'll send another helicopter back for you. Yeah, in the Japanese one, he like, uh, Akumura like tries to give Noko the, she's like, come on. And she's like, no, you go ahead. Like, she's like, we'll, uh, like, meet you down at the blah, blah, blah. Like, they're going to go another way or something. Yeah. It's like, they, they it's... never say anything about, like, rescuing them or coming back for them. It's, it's like, almost like, like, it was kind of strange. I wondered why she was just, like, dismissing, like, no, 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 like, you go. I was like, I don't understand why, why she doesn't, what is the plan here? It was kind of strange. It kind of felt <laughs> It's just weird. that later they show up. In a helicopter just to watch Godzilla get sealed in the volcano. And they just seem to kind of come out of nowhere. So I think maybe somebody in the American version felt we need to fix that by adding a line about, we'll send another helicopter back for you. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. the, them mentioning that in the Japanese one. So they, they kind of, it seemed like they tried to fix a plot hole in the American version. Yeah. Anyway, they get out of the they uh get taken to Mount Mahara to set up the homing device before the two missiles collide above Tokyo. The destruction of the nuclear missile produces an electrical storm and an EMP that's an electromagnetic pulse which revives Godzilla once more, dope, and temporarily disables the Super X. Uh EMPs will do that. An enraged Godzilla bears down on the Super X just as it manages to get airborne again. The Super X's weapons prove ineffective against the kaiju, resulting in even more destruction in the city as Godzilla chases it through several skyscrapers. He just blasts right through it. He, it's kind of run around a corner, and he just blasts a hole with his breath right through a building to hit it. It's I really like that. Amazing. It's really cool too because earlier in the movie, like this, that part is the first part where we see his breath kind of do a long continuous stream of atomic breath because earlier uh, in the movie like the first few times he uses it it's like a very small just like flap like flap bam boom you know he just like zaps shit and it's not a long like you know what i mean so that it yes, is it cool yeah as the movie yeah. went like he just kind of used it here and you're like oh and then he used it a little bit more and you're like oh and then that that part, it really is a good buildup for that part where he just saps through the entire fucking building and then just looks through the whole right. like, what, bitch? Uh, Godzilla finally destroys the Super X by dropping a skyscraper on top of it. Godzilla continues its rampage until Hayashida uses the homing device to distract it. Godzilla leaves Tokyo and swims across Tokyo Bay following the homing device to Mount Mihara. There, Godzilla follows the device. Yep. (laughs) Godzilla follows the device and falls into the mouth of the volcano. Akamura activates detonators at the volcano, 
creating a controlled eruption that traps Godzilla inside. And oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. And uh, yeah, Goro, Goro and um, Naoko catch a lift on a helicopter because it's a Philo situation. <laughs> they're like, we need to go watch this because we've been here since the beginning of the movie. So we need to be there to bear witness to him falling into a volcano, even though extra helicopters are really just going to get in the way at this point. We're endangering ourselves for no good reason. I do have to say though, they're, they're boring ass, really vanilla ass, wholesome ass romance is probably the best that we've ever seen. Because they're, like, kind of boring. They don't really, like, do much, but they're sweet and they're wholesome. And it's not, like, a horrible, tepid romance like we usually see in these films. And uh-huh. it kind of was it kind of was just enough, like, sweetness. Like, there's a little moment where she's scared and he's like, this isn't like you. And she's like, I'm scared. And he wraps his arms around her and he says, I won't let you die. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so <laughs> Like that one punched me right in the ovaries. It was like just so sweet, but it also was just so wholesome. Their relationship was, it was very minimal. Like I said, it was kind of boring in a sense of like, they didn't really, it didn't really, they didn't do much or like they weren't that. (sighs) Right. Well, that's, I believe is part of Japanese culture of, you know, no public display, no public displays of affection. They're not going to well, be making I, out in front of everybody. I mean, they've totally. only they've just met, but yeah, an American movie, there'd be a big smooch at the end. Well, and I feel like in, in all through. of these movies, and all of these movies that we've seen, there's it's not even about like the physicalness. It's just that the room. It's like, why are these two together? Like, why does she like this asshole? Or why, you know? And this movie didn't have that. The romance was just kind of like, ah, and it didn't really play a big role in the movie, or really matter, or mean anything. I just felt like it was probably the best, most wholesome, most makes sense romance. Because he was a a minimum asshole. Yeah, because it was just like his like reporterness, like whatever. But I just felt like it was better. It, it was it's be- it's the mo- the the better one that we've seen throughout these movies. It, it made the most sense to me. It, it didn't feel like oh my god, why are these two freaking people together? Even like her brother was like, take care of my sister, you know, whatever. <laughs> like I just felt like and and it was so minimal. There wasn't really a lot of it. So the fact that when we did see them and it was very small little things, it kind of was just enough. It made me kind of like, oh, like more give a shit. And like most of the time, I feel like in these movies, we we have so much just random shit that doesn't make sense. It's not necessary to the plot, especially the romance part of it. It just doesn't add anything. And I don't think necessarily this added something, but I didn't think it took away. And I think sometimes it does, like the bullshit romance or how they maybe like treat each other. Or I don't know, it just felt better in this one. I felt like there was more screen time for Godzilla, especially in the Japanese version. Like he just, there was so much Godzilla time and he even kind of moved slowly. So it just felt like it, it was like the most screen time that we've got to see for what like our one of our kaijus and it felt like since he was kind of back to being the bad guy 
in this movie and it, we were kind of starting over in this new era it felt really cool that the romance wasn't everything and it wasn't so toxic and dramatic and tragic you know it just felt like the perfect amount of like ooh, two people like each other cool no one gives a shit but here it is oh cute moment and now monster die everybody cry you know it was just a <laughs> just enough amount of like people bullshit to, to, to just be like eh, I care a little bit about that but not enough to be like what the fuck are we doing here or why is she giving this guy the time of day when he treats her like shit like there wasn't really you know it, it wasn't what I feel like what we've seen before in the past or as bad at least like it just made more sense oh wow okay <laughs> No, what? You don't think so? No, no, no. That was just um, very impassioned. Well, I just felt like there was like so much monster shit in this movie, and I really appreciated that. I I, and I appreciate you appreciated it. No, I was just (laughs) you were just so it just got very fiery there. I I I love it, love it, (laughs) honeybee. I want to take a quick break here, and then after that, we will come back and give our final thoughts. Wow. After these messages, we'll be right <laughs> back. So, Honeybee, what are you going to rate Return of Godzilla? And are you going to rate any different Godzilla 1985? Man, it's so hard to say if I liked one better than the other because I felt like they both had their own kind of pros and cons like i really like the japanese version for how kind of much godzilla we got how much screen time we got the new godzilla of like this is probably the scariest godzilla we have with like the snarl the teeth he looks a little juicier in this one um <laughs> like not as like you know kind of dry i don't know they enhanced his roar too Yes, his roar. They added like a lion or something to it. Yes, they add. It's I love that. I I also have a note about that. Of it's like they kept the old, but then added something to it. So it makes you kind of nostalgic from the last you know decade, but then also it's new, so it's like exciting as well. Um, yeah, I really, really, really loved. I really loved both versions. I'm not gonna lie. I did fast forward a little bit through the American version at certain parts, but really all I could, um, what I noticed differently about the American version is just like, of course it's trimmed. The pacing is different. Um, some of the music is different. I noticed, which is not unusual. We've seen that before. Um, but man, the, the American version did have its kind of, uh, like pros in a sense of uh, that the pacing is just a little bit better in a sense, you know, I'd say because the like the Japanese version is a little slow, but not in a bad way, not in a way that we've seen before. It's, it's in a good way. I just feel like the American version kind of cleaned some stuff up, which usually that happens. We've seen that too. Um, I do have to say the train shot, there was a lot of shots in this film that we saw that are like angles that we saw that we haven't seen before. And I felt like with the new Godzilla and how kind of scary he is in this one, it was so good. And the train is one of my favorite parts where it's just his eyeball and his mouth. And I love that they kept that in both 
films. Um, man, I, I really think this is, I honestly didn't think something could be better than the last Godzilla film. They keep getting better for me. And I think that might be an unpopular opinion because I, we have really liked some where a lot of people, I think the popular opinion is like, oh, this Godzilla sucks. But uh, I thought for sure the terror of Mecha Godzilla was like, oh, this is the best. And then this one now I'm like, oh man, I think this is the best. It's so good. And I I think I'm going to give this five stars, the Japanese version. And oh, it's so hard to say whether or not I liked it better than the American version. But I think they're, I think I have to give the American version like four and a half. Okay. I don't know. It's so hard. Because also in the American version, a lot of the romance that I was talking about in the Japanese version is removed. Like a lot of those two characters is kind of cut because yeah. they're so yeah. fucking boring, which I just appreciated. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was weird that Raymond Burr kind of didn't do anything. And he was just like this creepy guy because in the first one, he was like in it. Like he was in it, you know, they would put him, yeah. they did such a good job of like putting him in the scenes. So right. I kind of just like expected that. And this, it kind of felt like he was watching the movie like with us. So then I kind of, Oh yeah. Feel... He's just in a headquarters. Yeah. And the original, he is on the ground. He's getting hurt. Yeah. He's reporting. He's doing reporter shit, which puts him in the middle of stuff. Whereas this one, he's doing consulting shit. Where he just stands around and goes, "Oh, that's not going to." He's work. like, I, "I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the, I'm a, sh- a guy in the shadows, and I know everything." Yeah. So I think because of the Raymond Burr thing, and because the American version was like, "America, we the best Russian nuclear maniacs," I'm gonna say it's like a four point five for the American version. But I did love them both, and I think that they're both worth the watch because they both have like their own kind of like pros and cons. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give the, huh? I said, I love it though. I'm just so happy to be here in like the return of Godzilla. I'm happy for you to be here too. I think I'm going to give the Japanese one just a four and the American one a three. Dang. That might just be because I have a favorite that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, yeah. That I like better. That makes total sense. And it might also be that, although this is all well done, it was also a lot of stuff we've seen before. Yeah. And we didn't mention the drunk guy at all. Uh, You bastard. You out of towner. He reminded me of the Panchito from Space Monster Wang Magui (laughs) in that he's seized his opportunity to loot and make himself a fancy meal. (laughs) He's not nearly as brave. He's a little brave, but not nearly as brave as that kid, but he's still fairly brave because Godzilla shows up and he's just like, Hey, uh, what do you want? (laughs) Hey, you bastard. He calls him a bastard like two or three different times throughout the film. And Oh God. In the international dub though, they have him singing what do you do with a drunken sailor? Only he's uh, not singing it properly. And it was really pissing me off. Oh, yikes. He wasn't singing the right tune. And it's not oh. like it's a copyrighted tune. I think it just wasn't going to fit oh. visually with what he was doing. 
something the 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 Japan the Japanese version at the very end there's like this great song, and the American version didn't have the song at the end, and I love the song at the end. It was good. Seriously, watching this movie. Watching the Japanese version, just like the Return of Godzilla, I was so hyped. I was so excited, and it really just like did not disappoint. I feel like every time we watch a Godzilla film, I feel like yes, this is the reason we're here. We're doing it. I just like it gets me so excited. I love it so much. I feel like I have the same kind of emotional connection to Godzilla that I do with the Hulk, where I just feel like man. I understand your blind rage, and you just destroy shit, and you're just misunderstood. And I just love you, and I know that you're just hungry for nuclear waste. <laughs> I don't know. I just really feel so. I love. I love these movies. I I'm excited to see more Godzilla movies. I'm excited to see your favorite Godzilla movie. You guys out there listening, tell us your favorite Godzilla movie. Because this one, what are we, 1985? So, like, oh, yeah, I mean, 84 and 85. 84 and 85, yeah. So, we're getting to the Godzilla movies that were made in my lifetime. And I'm so excited to see if there's a favorite millennial, like, millennial, millennium, I can't remember what you called it, era Godzilla movie that's like the best, you know? What would you say is your favorite Godzilla movie from the show era? Uh, I guess the first one. Nice. The original. Yeah. Folks, if you want to watch this one, it's a little difficult. You can buy a Blu-ray of the Japanese version. The American version is not currently in print. Neither of them is streaming anywhere officially. But you might find both versions archived on the internet somewhere by an organization. (laughs) So good luck with tracking that down. Next week, we will be doing another Godzilla movie, Godzilla Yay! versus Biolante. Biolante. Please, if you like the show, subscribe and like and rate and review us on whatever platform you're using. You can find links to all of our socials at mmftg.bio.link. Please follow us on Letterboxd, on Twitter, on Instagram. Consider becoming a patron. We'll be putting out more Patreon-exclusive episodes soon. we got to edit the latest one still. We might be putting out some extra things on there. So support us however you can. And if you're going to be at G-Fest this year, look for us there. We got a fancy portable digital microphone. We're going to be hopefully doing some interviews, making some content while we're there. Oh, you think? If you want to, if you're there, you want to be on the podcast, find us and we'll record something with you. Yay. Also in some really random, weird kind of kaiju news for, it's not real kaiju news, but I am getting a Godzilla tattoo tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we're doing Godzilla and Mothra tomorrow, but uh, I know that the at least the sketches for Godzilla and Mothra are 
done. So by the time this episode comes out, hopefully I will have been able to post that process um, in cute little bites on TikTok. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, once you have that, I guess we can put a link to your TikTok on, on that site I mentioned earlier, and I will repost whatever I can on Instagram. <laughs> so excited! And, our, and on our Twitter and all of that. Yay! Yeah, that's, that's great. We will all follow along with that journey. But yes, until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Let's go! You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Don't